Hey, John, you there? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you good. Awesome. Hey, it's another episode of the Your Podcast. Today we got John. I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell them about what we're talking about. Hello, my name is John. I am the Baltimore Krampus. Uh, every year we do uh, a Krampuschla, which is basically a Krampus run celebration on Krampusnacht, which is Krampus night, uh, which is couple days before Christmas, December 15th, uh, where we try and bring back some of the old traditions of the uh, Krampus celebrations that were are popular throughout the Germanic and Alpine countries and Europe. So you guys celebrate December 15th. I thought, um, I know we were going to have ours here in Salt Lake City on St. Nicholas Day. Is that what... Uh, the 15th, is that the actual night for it, or how does that work? Yes, it is. Krampuschnacht um, is always, you know, but of course you, you always alter it in order to make sure that you can um, try and make it on a holiday if at all possible. But it's a, uh, it's right before seeing, it's a, it's right before Christmas. So that way, you know, all the bad kids can uh, be punished before St. Nick shows up. And how long have you been doing this? I've been doing it for about 10 years, uh, but okay. we just started our own group last year. December 5th is actually Krampus Knot. We, we did it on the 15th this year, but the actual date is the 5th. Okay, yeah, the day before um, St. Nicholas Day. We only got 291 days till. I know. Counting down, it's getting close. You know, and preparations go all year long. That's the kind of thing because every year you try and make it a little bit better and a little bit bigger than last year. Did you? Where did you get your mask? I saw your mask on uh, Facebook. I actually uh, bought a mask, and then what I did was I cut it because I didn't want a full face mask. So I okay. cut it just to be, you know, the uh, the horns and the nose and the eyebrows. And then what I did is I added another set of horns onto it, so I kind of customized it. Yeah, no, it looked pretty good. You got the whole outfit going. How many how many people are showing up for your guys's? Well, this year with the uh, lovely pandemic, we had about yeah. thirty people show up. But I've got um, over one thousand three hundred people who follow me on Facebook. So okay. The uh, yeah, so this this was probably the weakest one you've had. What do you expect for this year? Well, uh, as long as there aren't any restrictions, I imagine a lot of people are going to be ready to go out and uh, get started. Fells Point also is a really big draw, too, because of the area, because there's a lot of people celebrating. And uh, we had a bunch of people who were just coming up asking what it was last year and uh, asking for information, saying they were they'd be interested in joining next year. And what got you into it? Well, um, I actually used to be a history teacher many, many years ago, and uh, I have uh, both an Irish and Germanic heritage, so I've always interested in the folklore of the, you yeah. know, uh, and I guess, you know, the whole idea, when it first started to become more popular about 10 years ago in the United States, um, I wanted to be part of it. Yeah, I guess that's that's about when I started reading about Krampus and, uh, you know, Bell's Nickel and the Yule Lads and all that other stuff got into the Christmas pickle. And I, it was the Internet. Once we got a computer and you were able to look that stuff up, it was pretty cool learning about all that stuff. Oh, it is. And, and it's interesting because I've connected with a lot of people in uh, the various Nordic and Germanic countries. And uh, they're all like, wait, you do this in America too? And I'm like, well, it's kind of a new celebration in America, but it's gathering steam each year. And they're totally floored the fact that people in America are doing this as well. Yeah, some of those countries, I don't remember which one it was, but one of them, they get pretty pretty rowdy, huh? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot more uh, of a, um, I guess you could say, unrestricted celebration in those countries where they, I mean, they, they'll hit people in the crowds and uh, they'll kidnap people out of the crowds. I mean, it all depends. They do fire spinning and all 
they they try and make it as scary and authentic as possible. Of course, you know, with laws around here, we're a little bit more restricted from doing things like that. Yeah, I think I don't remember if it was Holland. I don't. There, there was some one place where they don't even put horns on their mask because it's just that rowdy where they're they're fighting so much that they they eliminated the horns on the Krampus masks. <laughs> but yeah, no, I would love to go to like Holland or somewhere you know where where it's really big, really celebrated. I mean, probably where you are, it's it's a a lot different than what it would be like here and. LA didn't really have a scene for that or anything, but uh, can you run us through what, what exactly happens at your celebration? Well, I mean, a lot of times we'll have uh, a, a guest like this past year, we had Eric the red, who's a Viking comedian and he's quite hysterical. He's also one of the singers from the rock group, green jello, which had the hit a couple years ago, a uh, little pig, little pig. Um, oh, uh- I've heard that he came out and performed and he did a great job he was hysterical uh we try and get fire spinners and all because well it depends on where we're at but uh now that we've settled on fell's point we have a feeling that they're going to be a little less restrictive it was funny because this this past year we kept on having police officers coming up to us and we were afraid they were going to say hey you guys need to move along and all but they were like what is this and we start telling them about it and they're like oh that's really cool thanks cool you know and stuff like that and then they they'd move on sometimes they'd sit in their squad cars and just watch us yeah did uh yeah i know because that's that's the big thing right is they have it alongside the saint nicholas parade is there a parade that you guys are following behind you know, they have a christmas parade but it's definitely uh it's not associated with it and they usually do that a lot closer to christmas and they they, they canceled yeah. that completely this year so yeah that's uh, did they have the whole mask mandate and everything oh, big time yeah. we had a we were under the restriction that we could have it had to be I think it was less than 50 for an outdoor gathering, which is, you know, we knew we weren't going to hit that with COVID anyway. So we were well under the number being that it was an all outdoor gathering. But I mean, normally we'll go in and out of the bars and stuff like that. But, you know, we didn't do that this year because we, you know, wanted to follow the restrictions. Yeah. Were the bars even open? The bars were open, uh, but it was all outside dining. So it was people in these little tents on the street and, tables huddling for warmth uh, trying to drink their beer but it'll definitely how, how, once the restrictions are lifted it'll definitely uh grow exponentially i feel yeah i hope so man i i would miss the one here they they couldn't have it in salt lake city so they had to have it down a little more south and i i don't know if he actually did go off with it but I would love to get the one. Yeah, a lot of people canceled theirs this year, and we're like, you know, we're not going to do that. As long as we follow the letter of the law, it's like a lot of the Renaissance festivals got canceled, and uh, PA Renaissance Festival went on, and uh, it was funny because they did such a good job of it that all the Renaissance festivals that canceled for the season were kicking themselves in the butt because, you know, people then from all over the eastern seaboard were going to Pennsylvania's to get their Renaissance Festival fixed because they couldn't go anywhere else. And it's, it's all about, yeah, if you only, do it safely, you know, why not? The only Renaissance Festival I've ever been to was in Philly. And uh, that thing was super cool, man. They had this, this ride where you were in this bucket and they had like two or three guys pushing these logs to spin the bucket, you know, twisted the bucket up this oh, rope. And then you all spin. I mean, it it was a really everybody was in costume. It was really cool. I was young, so it was probably added a little to it. But <laughs> you get into that. Well, oh yeah, huh? most definitely. I mean, it's you know, especially when you you know, I think a lot of people who are in certain occupations where they have to be so buttoned down, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, most of their life, they're always looking for an outlet where they can be a little bit wild and crazy and let their hair down, and you know. You know, putting on a costume is a good way to do that because if you run into coworkers, they're most likely not going to recognize you. Yeah, and where with the rest of your Krampus uh, suit, you do you have older bells on, or what? What kind of bells are you? Wearing? I, I I go for the antique bells, and I actually I've been trying to buy bells from all over the world 
because I wanted a representation of different varieties. Because I mean, on mine, I've got bells from Africa, Germany, Sweden, Italy, uh, Uganda, um, Ireland, um, Iran. And it's like, you know, whenever I see, you know, handmade bells, especially come up on, you know, Etsy or on eBay, I, if they're a reasonable price, I try and snag them because I, I, I think, you know, Krampus isn't going to have all just the little nice little neat jingle bells. And, you know, I wanted them to be beat up and rusted and, you know, handmade. So that way they look more like they've gone through centuries of wear and tear. Yeah, we've been trying to collect some bells for a while now, and they're pretty hard to find. I mean, you get a lot of the the mass-produced Chinese small ones that, you, I mean, you just couldn't make that into a Krampus suit. You know, they got like little happy stars engraved into them. Yeah, and they're stuff. bright gold, and they've got this really high-pitched tinny noise, you know. <laughs> but we've we've gotten some old ones, and then two Christmases ago, it was crazy because after Walmart uh, or after Christmas, Walmart in Jacksonville had these big bells, like uh, eight inch diameter bells, like old school style bells. And then, I mean, they had like little figurines of uh, Santa on a porta potty. Yeah. I had to get that one. All sorts of cool stuff. But before Christmas, I didn't see any of that stuff. This year, I uh, this year I didn't get so lucky with the after Christmas What's sales. Interesting. Um, over in the Germanic countries, they actually have entire websites that are dedicated to nothing but the buying and selling of Krampus accessories and attire. I mean, it's like yeah, like a lot of these guys uh, over there they so serious that they want on new suit every year. They're like I, they don't want to wear the same thing they wore last year. It has to be different. And there's an entire industry that hand carved the wooden masks. The same thing. They don't want to wear the same mask they wore the, every year. So what they do is they'll sell their mask on these different, you know, websites. And, uh, you know, of course, somebody else will buy it. And then they, the masks almost seem like they're in a constant circulation between the different countries and groups. Yeah, my wife and I are going to try to carve our masks for the first year. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But, I mean... You know, it's 291 days. That's that goes pretty yeah, quick. You know, I mean, you got to get uh, making the suit and everything. I I can't wait to do it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun hitting all the bars up, whipping some some teenage kids. Yeah, we always ask we always ask a, for volunteers, and you're amazed at how many people volunteer to be whipped. Oh, it's yeah, pretty funny. Sure. One of my friends who, you know, has done Krampus with me for many, many years. That's how he met his wife is we were asking for volunteers and she and a couple girlfriends came dressed like little kids and they were wearing like the one piece Dr. Denton's with the butt flaps and everything. And they painted they put the hair uh -huh. in pigtails and they painted, you know, freckles on their face. And uh, she was one of the ones that volunteered. And that's where they wound up getting, you know, meeting each other. And two years later, they got married. That's cool. So Christmas is a big yeah, deal in their house, huh? Yeah, it is. He's not, he's nearly seven yeah. foot tall, too. So he's a very imposing Krampus when you see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, I love the way the uh, – I love holidays. I like how we found this new stuff. We started celebrating the Yule Lads with our kids. And uh, I would love to see that stuff resurge. But it seems like a lot of people are – just not getting in the spirit no, of all right. anymore. It's you know when you go and look around, you know, and you see that like hardly any houses have lights up anymore, you know, or you know, yeah. hardly any houses have decorations out front anymore. It's just, you know, and it's the culture of our country is is changed in such a way that it's like almost like we're we're trying to eliminate the past rather than celebrate it because, you know, it's just, I mean, you can't even say Christmas in a lot of places anymore because, Oh, everybody doesn't celebrate it. It's to me, it's like, you know what? You could say Merry Christmas. You could say happy Hanukkah. You could say happy Kwanzaa. Uh, uh, you could say, you know, anything like that to me, if you're wishing me good settlement, I'm happy. Settlement, I'm happy about it. You know, I don't care if I don't celebrate 
whatever you do, you're wishing me goodwill. And to me, that's all that counts. And I would hope others feel the same. Well, and that's the, the crazy thing is, you know, you got a lot of people saying it's a religious holiday and that's the only and like, you know, even the Catholic priests will admit that it was adopted for, uh, you know, to bring pagans over to the religion. And I mean, nobody really celebrated until um, a Christmas carol was written and just sort of like slowly evolved these key key components like uh, Thomas Nash's picture and advertisement. And I mean, it's just this funky thing that got to be what it is. And then people yep. start taking it. Yeah, I mean, people don't seriously. realize Montgomery Ward's invented Rudolph and Coca-Cola invented Frosty the Snowman. And people don't even, th you know, they're so iconic and part of the holiday now. Nobody even realizes they were, they were advertising gimmicks to begin with. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Rudolph yep. was a coloring book. Yep, it was given away at, at Christmas time at Montgomery Wards. Yeah, no, I mean, even even Black Friday was created, you know, to boost the economy. It's like the whole whole season. But we've we've been celebrating something in the winter season, no matter what culture you are throughout history. Like, I think that's definitely something people should keep well, alive. It's, it's you know, it's cold and dark, and you know. You don't get to go. You don't get to see people a lot. It's a good excuse to, you know, run into your friends and relatives, and it's a good excuse to have something to look forward to and make merriment. I mean, no matter what label you put on it, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Is everyone's, you know, people want crave to be together. That's, you know, human beings are social animals, and and they need that. And I think that's, you know, one thing that the pandemic has shown us is is, is how detrimental it's to a lot of people's mental health, not having that kind of a, a relationship, you know, with, you know, family and friends that, you know, is a interpersonal, I mean, the internet just doesn't do it, you know? No, not even the zoom or, you know, it's even, even listening to podcasts or watching YouTube, you're just sort of shutting off and going into fairy tale land. It's yeah, it's weird. It's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see how much stuff opens here. I know they're saying until winter, but uh, we'll see how much back to normal it goes. You know, it's uh, I work in a hospital and, um, you know, I, I'm, our hospital prevents us from saying our actual opinions. Uh -huh. uh, but I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, it, it, the virus is behaving very similarly to the flu. A virus is a living organism and it constantly evolves and changes, which means, you know, which is why you have so many different strains of it now. And it's like the flu, man, you, you trying to get ahead of it. You're, it's a moving target and it makes it ridiculously hard to do. So in your, in your opinion, what would you say? I mean, do you think lockdowns are necessary? Do you think what we're doing is necessary? Um, in my own opinion, I don't believe so because i mean let's put it this way human beings evolve by immunity and that immunity always comes at a price you know so i'm not saying that's not true but you how you know look at all of these diseases that have almost that almost wiped out like there was no vaccination versus the bubonic plague you know it was you people developed antibodies to fight it and you got better or you didn't and that's what happened. And that's what happens. You know, they've proven over and over again that parents that let their kids play in the mud and play in the dirt and, you know, play on dirty playground equipment, the kids grow up healthier and stronger than those that the parents are sanitizing constantly and, you know, wiping their hands and everything, you know, because they don't develop the kind of immunities. I mean, uh, you know, on the side, I run a nonprofit that helps clean up the environment and I, and my volunteers clean up some of the most nasty, disgusting stuff you'll ever see. And what's really amazing is none of us really get sick anymore. Yeah. It's you know, because we're exposed to so much just grossness that our immune systems are probably like, you know, Herculean at this point. I mean, I'm not saying that that's always going to happen, but I mean, none of us get colds anymore. None of us get any of those type of things that we used to get. And it's because we've built up our immunity over time. And that's, 
you know, people are forgetting that you need to build up your immunities naturally because nothing beats a natural immunity. I mean, a, a induced immunity is not the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, and then, I mean, it'll, these masks, it'll be very interesting to see when we take them off, how many people get sick. I mean, not to mention you're breathing your breath. I mean, you're reusing these masks. A lot of people reuse the same mask. And you, I mean, what is that building up on it? You know? Exactly. And how many people are actually washing them? And, you know, it just, yeah, it's, it's a whole um, bad ball of wax in my opinion, but I mean, it's just my opinion. Yeah. I can't you say it's anybody else's. <laughs> and that's well, my disclaimer. You know, <laughs> Your opinion's been agreed with quite a bit on this podcast. So, um, well, I'm going to take, take the break right here and then I'll send you another link and then we'll go from there. Maybe talk a little more Christmas and then get into the uh, Renaissance. Sounds good. Okay, I'll talk to you in a second. You back? Yes, I am. Cool. So what uh, what other things do you do to celebrate Christmas? Mm, uh, unfortunately, you know, myself, not a whole lot anymore. Uh, my mother was, and my grandmother were the queens of Christmas. And uh, since they passed away, I don't really do as much for myself. But, I mean, I do do... Uh, that's another thing that I started several years ago is we collect toys for Toys for Tots. And it's, we call it Krampus Cares. Okay. And, uh, we always, you know, say the whole thing is like, you know, just because we punish the naughty kids doesn't mean that we can't help St. Nick give toys to the good kids. So right. uh, we, we get different bars and restaurants in on it and uh, they do collection boxes for us. And then in the end, uh, we can go to over to um, drop them off toys for tots. I mean, amazingly uh, this year, I think a lot of people realized how tough were we, we had over, uh, over 85 bags of toys to give to toys for tots, which is over three times that we had the year before. And I think people were really realizing how tough this was going to be on a lot of people. And they donged down and really gave from the heart. That's good. Um, what did, what did you think about the Krampus movie, the big blockbuster one? You know, it was great. It was entertaining. It really didn't follow Krampus. It was, you know, <laughs> it was entertaining. Like I said, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I think that how they made Krampus look was interesting. But, you know, he was punishing people that weren't quote unquote naughty, which is something Krampus wouldn't do. And, uh, it was, like I said, it, it was it, it took a lot of literary license, but it was a good movie. I've seen other Krampus movies that weren't quite as mainstream that followed a little bit more of the tradition. Um, yeah, and there's there's actually you know two movies out called uh, Miss Krampus or Mother Krampus, and it's actually the name is completely wrong because it's actually a movie about Frau Percha. Uh, okay. Who is the uh, the witch, for lack of better names, because that's what she they call. Who will actually, you know, take naughty children and rip out their intestines and and uh, fill them with hay. fill their cavities with straw and sew them back up again. Uh, so she's and they, they do that in that movie. Uh, in uh, Miss and um, Miss Krampus and Mother Krampus, yes. Okay, I gotta check that out. Uh, as a matter of fact, I I you know. I actually came up with a list and I posted it on my, my Facebook page, Baltimore Krampus of all the movies about Krampus and quote unquote Miss Krampus, even though it's not really her, but because it's in the title. And I think there's like 25 different movies, believe it or not. Um, I've seen holiday horror story. Yep. That's got some Krampus in it. It's, it's basically, yeah. it's, it's like three or four different vignettes about uh, horror around the holidays, and it, one of them is about Krampus. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away. I thought that was pretty good. I thought no, the it, ending... It was you know, good, too. The, the funny thing I thought was, you know what would be really cool? is Remember the zombie elves? 
uh-huh. I adored the zombie elves. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if somebody made a full-length movie about St. Nick battling the zombie elves? And then <laughs> just when things are getting in their darkest hour, Kropis shows up and helps them, you know, helps him whip them all, you know, out and save the day. Because I, mean, I hope so. A lot of people, you know, think Krampus and Santa Claus are like opposites, and they're not. I mean, if you look at like the old Krampus cart and the Krampus greeting cards, I mean, a lot of them they're together side by side, and I mean, you know, they were like two heads of a coin, like yin and yang. There was, you know, do you follow the Weird Christmas on uh, Twitter, or Facebook? Yes. Yeah, no, I love his cards, man. I, his Valentine's Day cards, he had some great ones. Yeah, I published, uh, I think, about 25 of them this year, too. Uh, it was interesting how uh, there was a resurgence in the 60s and 70s of the Valentine's one in Germany, and they were extremely racy. So I published a bunch of them, uh, the cartoon illustrations. <laughs> they were very amusing of the different things with Krampus and, uh, and various... Um, Frau lines for back of letter words. So, but uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah well, people used to right. people used to send you know Krampus cards, and uh, then they would sell uh, send you know Valentine's Krampus cards, and uh, I haven't seen that yet. It's you know, it's all gone away, unfortunately. I mean, it's you know, you can go into Etsy and you can buy reproductions of the Krampus cards and the Valentine's Krampus cards. And, uh, the people who make them do a really good job and they're very amusing, but I mean, it's as far as commercially produced, it just doesn't happen anymore. It's, you know, pieces, little pieces of culture fade away. And it's, you know, as people without an identity really don't, you know, I mean, if you don't have a past, you don't have an identity, unfortunately. Well, and that's kind of where I see the whole country going now. It's like, I mean, I would love to celebrate all culture. You know what I'm saying? I like, agree with you. 100%. I want to eat everyone's food. I want to know all the crazy little quirks, but like we've narrowed everything down to black, white, and brown. And uh, yeah, no, it's kind of sad to watch it all go away. It is. And it's, and you can't, and if you defend it, you're the bad guy. And it's like, that's what yeah. it's like, you know, well, why, why should I, you know, have to defend celebrating my culture, you know, or, why should you have to defend celebrating your culture? It's, you know, it doesn't seem right. You know, we can't just pick and choose a few cultures and say, all right, these are the ones that the media is going to tout. And these are the ones we're going to, you know, these are okay to celebrate, but the other ones aren't. And I've, I don't understand that this exclusionary is not, you know, uh, the thing that I always thought made America great and special was we were, you know, they called us the melting pot, but it's like, you know, everybody kept their own culture, but then you shared it with others. You didn't put it in a blender, you know, I mean, because what happens, you think about it this way. You've got, when you're a little kid, you know, you get the Play-Doh set and you get all these bright colors of Play-Doh and you play with them. And what happens when you blend them all together after a while, you can't take the Play-Doh apart anymore. It just becomes a sickly greenish brown, which is not attractive to anyone. And that's what happens. If you, <laughs> if you throw all these cultures in a blender and you don't let them shine individually, you know, you just come up with this homogenized, you know, ugly farce, not anything real, you know? Yeah, no. And I mean, between all the food and like Halloween, Christmas, all these holidays, you know, I mean, that's, that was all evolution. That was all these different cultures coming together and, you know, bringing a little bit of theirs. and But now we're going into this weird uh, digital age where you don't really celebrate anything. Yeah, you can't. You, the schools I, don't let you celebrate Christmas. They don't let you celebrate Hanukkah. They don't let you celebrate Halloween. They don't let you celebrate Easter. It becomes a winter festival and it becomes a spring festival. It's like, yeah. But, you know, but then then my whole thing is, is, but then there are other cultures that they actively promote, which I'm like, wait a second. Shouldn't we actively be promoting all cultures? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's sad to see it go. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, the next generation, you got the what are they? This Generation Z or whatever. 
maybe the generation after them will get super conservative and try to bring all that stuff back. I'll be gone by then. That's for sure. I got, I got about 12 years left in this country and then I'm going back to Ireland. So that's my goal. Okay. What part of Ireland? Uh, Kilkenny. Okay. It's a completely different mindset over there. It's everybody's so nice, so friendly, so considerate. Uh, It's there's not, you know, you can walk up to anybody on the street and have a conversation with you and they don't think you're nutball and they'll just talk to you like, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful culture and it's a shame, you know, that we've kind of become the opposite of that, you know? Well, we're, we're all divided over all sorts of crazy stuff right now. And realistically, I don't think mainstream people are. I just, I think the mainstream media is spinning it like that. I, you know, I talked to, I've had this like podcast 40 and I have not had one crazy devout, you know, liberal or conservative one way or the other on the show. You know, everybody's pretty much in the center, pretty much, you know, all think similarly. So I mean, I, the way I look at it, I mean, if you're a good person, you're a good person, period. You know, if you're an A, you know, you're an A, period. You know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, there's no one particular race, religion or ideology that has a monopoly on all of the asses. You know, <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, you can find it in any place. I mean, and the same thing with good people. You know, there's no one particular culture, race, or ideology that has all the good people because it just doesn't work that way. And I think, you know, you need to be able to say, hey, this is a good person or hey, this is a bad person without being yelled at for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. The media drives you nuts with all the virtue signaling and the. Well, it's conservative craziness like and the double standards I mean, are just i mean insane like I, I i just don't understand and i you know how like it's perfectly fine for right like the ayatollah to say every single day on his tweets that america's must be destroyed that america's need to be burned alive and that's not hate speech according to the media <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I mean, and then they went after that, uh, you know, the the GameStop Reddit page. They tried to say that was hate speech, and it's like AOC backed them. You know? just, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't understand it. It just it makes it makes no sense how you know how some people can spew such vile hatred and they're never called out on it. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's changed a lot since I was a teenager, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's sad, sad thing, that's for sure. I mean. So, have you ever been to that part oh, of yeah. Ireland? Definitely. Um, I've been there several times, and every time I go, it's harder to come back. <laughs> Are you, did you... Were you born in America or were you born hey, over I'm there? I'm third generation. My great grandparents were in Ireland. Okay. My, you know, were from Ireland. So I'm, I, I uh, was not, but I've, like I said, I've been back there several times and it's completely different culture. Believe me. Yeah. My grandma came off the boat here. And then I don't, I don't know the rest of them were probably third generation, but. Pretty much all Irish, Scottish from my, my family. Yeah, it's funny because it's like, you know, when you're over there and you're sitting in a bar and you see the 18-year-olds come in and they have a beer. And that's it. Yeah. And then they go back out. You know, they don't get, you know, completely slammed. You know, they have a beer <laughs> and then they go to the movies or go to dinner. Like, you know, and it's like, you don't, you know, over here, yeah, you know, how many bars do you go to and you see people falling off the bar stools? You don't see that over there. You know, 
Yeah, you don't see drunks weird. over there. You don't see, you know, it just, it's just, I mean, there, you go to the bars over there and there's like a little kid in a high, in a high chair sitting right at the bar next to his dad. You know, nobody thinks twice of it. Dad's having a beer. He's not getting sloppy and, and the kid's sitting there and they're watching TV together. I mean, it's, it's just, who, who cares over there, you know? Yeah, it'd be cool. I'd, I've never been there. I would love to go, but Dude, it's gonna, it's a tough place I don't see that happening in the future. It's a tough place to leave, <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, after you breathe that had, fresh air and you've eaten that fresh, you know, non-altered, uh, chemically enhanced food and, you know, talk to most down-to-earth, nice people, it's just, you're like, why do I am I leaving? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I, we've moved around so much i mean we moved to florida for a year and then back to utah and from california to utah and now we're probably moving back to florida <laughs> just, it uh ongoing cycle with us but uh yeah and every place has its pros every place has its cons true enough the trick is when you find the ones that have more cons than pros, you got to leave. <laughs> I would like to try like Indiana or something next somewhere out in the middle. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's always that romantic idea of doing it. And then when you get there, it's like, there's only 900 people in this town. <laughs> you know, how do I stay alive? I three, don't know. Of, three of my friends of all, uh, when they they got to the point where they could retire, they've all left the country. So, <laughs> uh, different countries. Yeah. You know, one of them went to Latvia, the other one to Lithuania, and another one went to um, over to Italy. And they're like, they're like, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to go to Venice once in Italy, but other I, man, I I don't know too much about any countries really. Never left America. <laughs> One I've of these been, days. I guess to about maybe a dozen different countries. So, um, I mean, yeah. I, I did a lot of scuba diving when I was younger, and I went to a lot of the more tropical countries, and they were gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, but it was like one of those things that, you know, when it came down to it, like re services like you rely on like you know clean water or medical services were really lacking in many of these countries that you're like yeah i couldn't live here because if i got sick i'd probably die you know where yeah that's because i mean there's these beautiful places in the world you'd think they'd be like somewhere like brazil with so many resources you know you'd think they would be way better off than we are you would think but the whole thing is is once again you know leadership is human and humans are flawed so they make bad decisions no matter what country they're in unfortunately a lot of times what kind of government is ireland is that is that run by like brexit and ireland is a republic. i have no idea it's you know it's just like the u.s as far as a, a republic but it's just it's run differently uh there's a lot more constraints on what politicians can do over there than here uh you know you can't you know piggyback stuff you know we're like oh look we're gonna do covid relief and uh i'm putting in a million dollars for a new <laughs> library in my hometown you know and stuff like that yeah that you can't do stuff like that over there because their bills don't allow riders and don't allow, you know, it's gotta be just one thing. Otherwise it has to be a new bill, which I, I'm surprised, you know, why that never happened over here. Cause it just makes sense. It's like, all right, you know, you know, if it's going to be, you know, we're, 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 we're passing a bill to, I don't know, fix mass transit throughout the country. That's it. You can't, Oh, we're looking to fix mass transit and it's going to increase taxes on this and it's going to add a new school here. And it's, you know, it's like, no, those wind up all being separate bills voted on separately over there, which makes more sense. Yeah, no, it makes, I mean, it's just like lobbyists and 
I mean, the founding fathers knew once you could buy buy your way into power, democracy was pretty much Benjamin failed. And I Benjamin Franklin's the one that said that the when lawmakers given the ability to levy raises in their own salary or salary, it'll be the beginning of the end of the republic. And he was right. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's been like that for a long time. Yeah. Personally, I think it would make things a lot easier. I said, you know, if all the politicians had to wear like NASCAR style jackets where they had to have labels of all the people <laughs> that, you know, gave them money and this, the size of the label had to correspond to the amount. So, you know, that's what they had to wear every day to the office or when they went to public speech or vote is you have to wear those suits. So that way we know who yeah, owns we, you. It would uh, make a lot more, more sense when yeah. you saw them speaking. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. How hard is it to become a citizen over in Ireland? What do you got to do to, well, uh, you know, I'm actually that? working with an attorney right now in Ireland for that right now. So I, I could definitely give you more insight in that in the future, but you know, you establish a lineage, which I, I have, you know, that you actually have people from Ireland. It makes it easier than somebody who's just like, you know, I don't know, that has no relatives that have ever lived in Ireland. You're like, Oh, you gotta be a citizen. That makes it a little bit harder then. Okay. Yeah, well, I would have that checked. I don't, I don't see us moving. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop this for the second break, and then I'll hit you up with one more you link, it, and sir. we'll finish it up. Okie dokie. I'll see you in a minute. You back? I'm back. So what? how did you get into the Renaissance Festival? Do you, do you volunteer there, work there, or just show up? What happens at those things? Many, many years ago, when the Maryland Renaissance Festival was privately owned before it became a corporation, it was started by a husband and wife named John and Nancy Struken. Okay. Big family thing there, and it was a lot more laid back, and it was a lot more bawdy. I mean, it was not PC at all. I mean, it was there were some pretty interesting uh, individuals uh, who worked there. Uh, I wound up hooking up with a guy who's friends with a blacksmith and I wound up becoming a jouster um, at the Maryland Renaissance festival with a group called Barcon's riders. And uh, I jousted for several years on horseback and armor until the corporation took over and the corporation decided that, you know, they didn't want real jousters anymore because part of the problem is, or I should say part of the contract was they had to pay our insurance premium. And because we uh, really, we really jousted. I mean, literally, we didn't know who was going to win because we were really jousting. And uh, when, you know, they decided they were going to drop us and hire actors instead. Now, if you look at the actors that are wearing, uh, they're wearing plastic armor and they're wearing spray painted long underwear instead of chain mail. And uh, the lances sawed three quarters of the way through. So it breaks at the right point, stuff like that. And um, they got rid of us after that. So, uh, but I still have a lot of friends that work there, and that's why I go back to visit them. Uh, a lot of craftsmen that are been doing it, you know, most of their whole life. A lot of them are teachers or other jobs that you know gives them more summertime off or have a little bit more degree of flexibility, uh, so they can actually sell the crafts on the weekend and. Uh, it's a lot. Of, it's a good fun time. It's unfortunately that's another thing that's become more homogenized because you know once again you can't have anything that's adult oriented, which is a shame. I think that they should have you know you know eighteen plus weekends and then kid weekends, and that would solve a big problem because a lot of us miss the old days where yeah. they. Well, they used to have like, you know, the Baldy Balladeers, which were a group of ladies with very low cut blouses that would sing Baldy songs that were popular during, during, you know, during the Renaissance and medieval. And, you know, and they got rid of them uh, and they would have beggars that would, you know, that were in shredded clothing and they would just beg and, you know, they were hysterical, but people got offended by them and. Uh, there was the mud wrestlers, which, you know, same thing. Some were men, some were women. People got offended by that. And, uh, there was rena wenches, which were dressed to look like, you know, medieval prostitutes. 
and uh, <laughs> you could rent them uh, and sick them on people, and they would like you know it was hysterical for like five bucks. They'd go up to your friend and they'd be like, "Oh my God, you were the most handsome man I've ever seen," and they would fawn over them and hysteric. But the, once again, they got rid of that stuff too. It was just once again, you know, you can't. If somebody gets offended, it has to be removed, which is a shame because I mean, there's people are going to be offended by the color green, you know, or the color, yeah. you know, purple. So you you never. Everyone. Did you travel with them? No, it was just the Maryland Renaissance Festival. About you know, Barcon Joust, you know, Raiders. We only did you know Maryland Renaissance. We didn't do other. We do exhibitions at SCA events and other events, but it was all in the Maryland area. Okay. Yeah, I traveled with Shepner Shows Carnival when I was 17, and it was a totally different experience. But, oh, the life yeah, of get, Barney, I can only imagine. Yeah, it was a, that was a wake-up call, you know what I'm saying? That's that's how you learn your mistakes early in life and <laughs> try to adjust. Oh, I bet you could. You wrote a book on some Oh, man, the Carnival was pretty crazy. We're you know, yeah, you yeah, see yeah. a lot of people from like South Africa or Australia or something where they, they come and they work for B&B or one of the like really big carnivals. Ours was not that. We, you know, we were driving around way stations and I mean, it was, everybody was shooting math. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a definite wake up call. Yeah, I believe it. Ended up owing the guy money. And uh, had to leave in a Mexican farming town. It's it's pretty fun. Good stories now. <laughs> hey, live to hey, tell. Buddy. That's what counts. So, are you going to any of the the uh, Renaissance fairs now, or is it just driving crazy? Oh yeah, I have um close friends of mine that still work in Maryland, so I, I go and visit them. Uh. And uh, I always, you know, whatever costume I choose to wear, you know, I always have the uh, security following me around because I look intimidating. <laughs> so <laughs> that's another thing that cracks me up is it like at Maryland Renaissance Festival, you can't carry any weapons. And I'm like, really? So these, you know, some guy goes to the blacksmith and spends $500 on a sword and they're like, well, you got a nice sword. You can't carry yeah. it around. You know, but PA, 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 you can carry it around. And, you know, they've never had any incidents, you know, because people are respectful. I mean, in PA the, is on a winery. So there's a lot more people drinking at PA than there is at Maryland. I mean, at Maryland, you pay like $6 for like this tiny little cup of wine. Uh, but at PA, you can go into the store and you can buy a whole bottle for eight bucks and you can walk around and drink the bottle yeah. all day. <laughs> no, that's uh, you, you. Do you like Philly cheesesteaks? So can you tell everybody the difference between a Philly cheesesteak bought in downtown Philly versus anywhere else in the country? I do not think I have that area of expertise other than the fact that there's a there. It's like the comparing a Volkswagen and a, um, and a Porsche, and they're both manufactured yeah. in the same factory. Man, it's I love Philly cheesesteaks. I have not had one in like 15, 20 years, somewhere around there. But they do not make them. I mean, Subway makes one, and that is nothing like a real Philly cheesesteak. I think the closest place you can get is Jersey Mike's. And uh, but it subway i'd be surprised it was real meat remember they just got sued because there was no tuna <laughs> no seriously they really did they got sued because there's what literally no tuna in it? in it i i think it was like whiting and other like lower quality <laughs> cheaper fish that were just flavored yeah that's crazy i know that like like if you have a mcdonald's hamburger you know or like Everybody likes the jack-in-the-box tacos, and that's mixed with, like, TVP or tofu or something. It's, I mean, it tastes better. I think that, you know, it takes in more of the flavor. I'm not a big fan of just straight ground beef. I, I don't eat at fast food places. Believe me, I can't. 
I'm at I'm at the age where you know the digestion is not going to like me later if I eat anything <laughs> with that much grease in it. <laughs> so were you able to do your Renaissance fairs this year? Oh yeah, Pennsylvania Renaissance Festival was still open. Did they have were they mandatory mask mandate or Yeah, and it was a uh, 50% capacity, which I liked because you didn't have the huge crowds and you got to look at everything a lot better. So, I know they made less money, but I mean, it was it was nice, you know, having a little bit more breathing room to walk around in, you know. Do you think they would be able to stay in business? If they had to run 50% capacity for like the next five years. I, I you know, I think that um, PA could definitely because it's a winery. So it's like they own the property. They're okay. not paying any rent. So they've got a lot less overhead. Uh, Maryland might, might have a little bit more, but then again, it's a corporation. So they got deep pockets. So that's hard to say. I think they could probably both do it, but I think that uh, like uh, PA could probably do it more comfortably because, like I said, since they actually own the the grounds yeah, and everything for sure. else. Um, are you you got any coming up that you're going to? When's that one take place? The PA festival. Uh, the PA one starts a little bit sooner. I think it starts in okay. June. So I'll definitely I'll, I'll definitely be going to that. And I mean, as a matter of fact, we've got coming up. Um, in a couple months, the, uh, Maryland Ferry Festival, which I always go to that as Krampus, which is always fun too. Oh. Uh, a lot of, a lot of interesting people there too. I mean, all ilks, man. I mean, the costumes are just fantastic, you know, and you know, it's every flavor you can think of when you think of the word fairy. I mean, you know, from, you know, you know, costumes that looks like somebody spent like an entire year making to like somebody went to the the second hand store and just threw it together that morning, but it's still yeah. a lot of fun, you know. No, some of them costumes, man. I mean, there's people making a living making all those costumes on Etsy and stuff. Oh, there are people making a living just wearing those costumes. They got professional cosplayers, man. It's crazy that you know they make a living just you know look you know dressing up and looking like these you know iconic characters from books and movies and everything how do you else. do that i mean are you like you know charging to get pictures taken or i don't i think they get sponsorships like advertising on their channels okay. and stuff like that i mean it's the whole idea of how people make money on internet things like that i mean it, it amazes me like that there are guys that I'll play a video game and other people just pay to watch them playing the game and they make all this money is just blows my mind. You know, when I, you know, you got people, you know, like friend, me and friends of mine that <clears throat> are working at the hospital and, uh, you know, Oh, two foot of snow out there. You still got to come in because the hospital never <laughs> closes. Oh, it's a hurricane. You still got to come in and, and meanwhile, Brad's sitting at home, you know, playing, you know, Bioshock 4 and having people watching him and he's making six. I never would have saw that coming when I was a kid. I mean, we hated watching other people play video games. You know, if you had to Same wait, here. wait in line, it was like, ah, I'm not I'm not even going to bother. I'm going outside. Screw the video game. See, yeah, I'm a doer, not a watcher. That's the whole thing. That's why I never. I don't like watching sports. I yeah, I'm not play. a big sport guy. It's like, why don't I watch somebody else have fun? You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I totally get that. Uh, never got into football. I mean, my family's huge football fans, Eagles fans, so it's like in their blood, but I could never uh, never cared for it. It my Saturday what, morning man? cartoons, and I think I'm still holding the grudge. You know what you need to do? Get a chance, check out. Irish football, like completely different, soccer? way more or brutal. Like rugby style, or it's 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 like a combination between football, rugby, and soccer, and uh, they don't get paid a dime. Yeah, these these guys do it because they want to play. That's the whole thing is they don't get paid anything. They all have nine to five jobs, and. You can only play 
for the team that you live where you live at. There's no trading of players. There's no, uh, there's no, you know, it's like, no, you, you know, if you live, you know, and kill Kenny, you play for kill Kenny. That's it. You know? And even if you like, say you move from kill Kenny to Kavan, you got to live there five years before you can play for the Kavan team. So it's like, you can't, you know, just do that in order to change to a good team. And it, it, it really makes a huge difference because you can tell the guys that are, playing because they want to play as opposed to those that are just playing to make six figures. Cause literally, I mean, these guys, these guys work in factories or these guys are fishermen and then at night they practice and then they play. Yeah, no, I mean, sports are a different ball game over there. Even the people that go watch soccer, you got all the, you know, riots in the stands every game. And that would be cool to see too. I would love to go, go to one of those, but yeah, it's like there's there's no flopping either. You're not like, oh, I got hurt. It's like, no, these guys are like, you know, pal, you got a discolated toss. Uh, you you've, you had your shoulder pulled out, you know, and they're like, oh, pop it back in again. I need to play, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's how football started here originally too, though. And those guys were car salesmen and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and that's Money the problem is, quit. you know, it's, it still boggles my mind that the NFL is nonprofit organization. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, they, they sure make a lot of money. <laughs> it's like, think about how, if they were taxed, how much money that would be back into the American economy. If you just tax the NFL period. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Which still amazes me how they can be a nonprofit, you know, how much snow have you been getting over there? We got like six inches today, but you guys have been getting bombed, huh? We'll get a lot of, we're getting more ice than snow. I mean, we just, it's nasty. Uh, we're supposed to be getting hit again tonight. And, you know, they're, they're sending out all the memos at the hospital saying, you know, make sure you're prepared to spend the night. But I got an old four by four. So I already signed up to do transport duty because I'm going to sleep in my own bed. I'll drive doctors and nurses back and forth that don't have the way to get there. Because at least that way I get I get to go home at night. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I would imagine that. I mean, that sucks sleeping in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on a cot in your office, you know. Think about you know how much how much fun is that? Yeah. But got to do it. It's, you know, like I said, I got twelve more years to retirement. <laughs> well, good luck, man. I hope you make it there. Yeah, me and you both. So you do you got you got any pages or anything that people can check out your costumes or? Oh yeah, it's at Baltimore Krampus. I mean that's, you know that's that's the email address too is the you know Baltimore Krampus at yahoo.com and Baltimore Krampus on Facebook, um, and uh, we got all kinds of pictures of our costumes. I pictures of other people, other Krampuses. The Krampus cartons are on there. Uh, links to different videos and um, I promote other people who, you know, other Krampus organizations in different countries. It's, you know, I try and be like a clearinghouse of information for all these different groups and, and uh, you know, try and spread the message of Krampus. Cause I mean, think about how much of a better world it would be if the naughty actually did get punished. Would, you know, I mean, you, you are entering a time of year where it's, you know, I mean, they've always had ghost stories and stuff. It's the darkest, coldest, scariest time of the year. And the past 30, 40 years, they've kind of just taken all of that out and made it this cheery. I, I don't know, man. I think we need to get Krampus and the Yule Lads and all these things back into Christmas. You know, bring Well, yeah. And I think people need to be afraid of being evil again. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, just imagine if Krampus was allowed to take away the snotty little evil children and never be seen again, how much better off would we be? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how many people agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Krampus has three three phases of punishments. I mean, think about it this way. If you're a little bad, you get cold. Yeah. If you're medium bad, you get hit with a birch switch. If you're really bad, you get stuck in the basket and taken away, never to be seen again. <laughs> yeah, you don't know where you go. 
Well, that's the whole thing is there are two theories of thought. And I think they're both right. One is, you know, Krampus eats them. Uh -huh. But, you know, Krampus can't eat all those kids. So I think the other ones he winds up giving to St. Nick and St. Nick turns them into elves. Makes sense. Think about that. Wouldn't that be a good punishment? You know, if you don't, you know, appreciate what you have for the next 100 years, you're going to be making toys for kids that will. Yeah. He's got to get those elves somehow. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you never see, you know, there's not like an elf breeding program that I'm aware of or anything. So, you know, I mean, so, you know, taking naughty kids and turn them into elves sounds perfectly good to me, you know? What, what would be the best resource for somebody to find out more about Krampus? What's your best resource? Yeah, the History Channel has a lot of good information on progress on Krampus. If you look up just just the History Channel's information, uh, if you want to see a lot of like funny videos and cartoons, do search on Krampus on YouTube. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people too also showing different Krampus celebrations and parades all over the country and all over the world. That's another good reference. As a matter of fact, if you just do a Google search on how to make a Krampus costume, the amount of how-to costume tutorials and makeup tutorials are off the hook. Everything from the scary Krampus to they have women doing, you know, tutor tutorials on how to be a sexy Krampus. <laughs> yeah, there, all that stuff gets, I mean, just YouTube is crazy, man. I remember when it first came out and it, uh, it was like very informative. You know, if you needed to learn how to, create a garage torsion or how to adjust a garage torsion spring. You found it a no bullshit video straight to the point. Yep. And now it's just like, man, everybody's hitting that and they're wanting you to subscribe and they talk about themselves for 10 minutes before the video. It's, I wish, I wish they YouTube would get some competition. Yeah, well, they're trying. These uh, ads are driving me crazy, you know? I agree with you. I mean, especially like, oh, look, I'm trying to figure out how to replace my dryer motor. Yeah. And then it goes, well, make sure you do. And then an ad cuts in and you're waiting for, for two minutes until you can actually figure out, you know, how to finish putting the last couple screws in, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful thing when it first came out. And I hope something comes out. I mean, YouTube doesn't really have any competition. No, I mean, neither does Facebook and neither does Twitter. None of them do, really. Yeah, I mean, they saw what they did to Parlor. They just shot that down, man. Yeah, well, they didn't like the competition. That's the problem is, you know, they're a monopoly right now, and nobody's doing anything to regulate it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, they, they shot, shut Parlor down, and they're going after all that, but yet they don't talk about child pornography at all. You know, it's no war against that. It's crazy. Well, you know, you notice, you know, yeah, Epstein's been all but forgotten, and nobody went to jail. Yeah, I mean, we still got his wife. She hasn't even been questioned. It's like, I don't know, man. That's because, you know, the people in power are the ones behind it. That's the problem, you know? Yeah, and I think people are waking up, but there's just a lot of people that deny it, you know? Ah, oh, yeah. couldn't have done that. Bill Clinton was in his jet how many times? They were just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they got pictures of the, all these people that deny it, like, right at the island and with Epstein and with, you know, his wife and, you know, and even with some of these girls who said that, you know, they were abused there. And then you've got pictures of these celebrities smiling, standing next to these poor girls, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, they, you know, they went after Bill Cosby. I don't see why they can't go after some politicians. It's time That's to clean house. It is time to clean house. You know, I think term limits would do a lot for that. And, you know, I don't understand why, you know, when we did, you know, two terms for president, it should have been two terms for every office, period. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how long was Joe Biden in? I mean, he's been in politics his entire life. Bernie Sanders, the same thing. You know, he's they're both of them. It's crazy. They've never, ever had a nine to five job. I realistically, I mean, I'm not a military guy. I've never been to the military, but I think if you're going to be the president of the United States, you should have at least served in the military. You know, well, if you're going to be the commander in chief of the armed forces, you should know how they work. Yeah, for sure. I also think that you, you know, you should also 
have at least uh, um, some kind of a competence in economics. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, you should. I think that if to be president, you have to at least have a minor in economics in your education. And I really do not understand why lobbyists are legal, like just legal, period. I don't. That does not make sense to me. That's because the allow them to fund campaigns for, you know, speeches for $200,000 to talk for 30 minutes. It's. Well, how do you get to be a millionaire, you know, on uh, on $100,000 a year? You know, it's the same thing. You know, it's. It doesn't make doesn't add up unless you're dirty because nobody can you know become a millionaire that easily. You know, look at these people, the amount of money that their value was before office and when they leave office, and it just doesn't add up at all. All of them, yeah. I mean, we can. Michelle Obama did write all her books and everything afterwards, so I guess that makes a little more sense. But Bill and Hillary, I mean, Bush had that oil money, so I don't know, man. I, all the people in the world, and this is what we were left with. Seriously. Makes no sense. Well, it was good talking to you, man. Do you want to uh, tell everybody the name of the Facebook group one more time? Sure. It's, it's Baltimore Krampus. Okay. Simple as that. And then I will put that link in the description. I'm going to upload this one tonight. And awesome. I'll... I will send you the link as soon as it's uploaded. Sounds great, man. Thanks for talking with me. It's been a pleasure. You have a wonderful night. You too. Take it easy. Thanks.